welcome to Sex Travel Sports Food with your host, Cousin Cornbread, on ANDS Radio. That's ain't no damn station radio, man. We stream it direct to your earphones, your car speakers, your sound bars, Wi-Fi, Infinity Hotspots, shared data plans, T-Mobile, whatever y'all got popping out there, man. We getting it straight to you, and we gonna get the jump started right here. Hold up. It's the Cuba uh, 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 special. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, <laughs> hey, man! Look, welcome to Sex Driver Sports Food once again. It's your host, cousin Cornbread, and this is the Cuba special. You hear me? Because everything we're talking about on this show. On this episode, for the most part, episode number four will be about Cuba. You know what I'm saying? And since I've been back, there has been some some crazy shit going on with y'all boy, uh, the Cheeto and the Cheeto in Chief in the White House in the United States, and in sports, man, sports been lit, especially the NFL. Uh, the NFL free agent season is going crazy right now, so. I might touch on that later, but we're going to try to focus all this shit right here on Cuba because I got back. I teased it on the last episode, number three, and now we got, I got some feedback for y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to get that done, and, 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 and I'm going to cover as much stuff as I can on Cuba, man, because uh, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in and to fight off the stuff that we had already heard about. Cuba, a lot of stigmas, a lot of all kinds of shit, man. You know what I'm saying? But whole time, the overall assessment of my first trip to Cuba, because I will be going back, is that it was lit. Okay? It was a good, it was a good island trip. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no different from going to like the DR, Jamaica, all that kind of stuff, right? Good Caribbean trip right all the all the stuff about the tension and kind of the negativity and the the negative stigma and you having to be kind of on your guard and all this shit about the cubans and the violence and the drugs and the random all that shit nah we ain't i ain't see none of that basically none of it so if you ever if you were like me and you had never been and you had only kind of seen what you saw on the news or movies or TV shows and shit like that, maybe not somebody, or even from personal friends or co-workers, family, whatever, who had gone and had these kind of um, not-so-positive feedback on Cuba. And, you know, you were thinking, if you go over here, it's going to be kind of lit. It's going to be uh, kind of, you know, stressful, or you got to watch your back. You got to watch motherfuckers trying to steal from you and, all kind of shit like that, man. Ain't none of that shit true. None of it. And the crazy part is that you can sense that that was a thing that was in their mind, like in the Cubans' minds. I guess maybe it may, it could have been just because we was down downtown in the tourist areas or whatever with the tour guys and the cab drivers and all this shit. But what they, what a lot of people said, even who, even those people who weren't the service industry people, they kept reassuring us basically. Everywhere we went that, yo, we know y'all American, but 
that all that shit y'all got, all that beef, all the beef is with the government. The governments. The governments are the ones that's beefing. Like the Cubans don't got nothing against Americans, right? Because we would apologize for not being able to speak Spanish or whatever. And they be apologized for not being able to speak English. And, you know, we would get into this back and forth about whatever. And my sister and co people just start asking questions and all this type of shit. But we heard on numerous occasions from Cubans like, yo, all that all that negative shit y'all be hearing about Cuba, that shit is between the but that's beef is with the government. It's not us. Nobody over here in Cuba is hating on Americans. Like, don't basically like reassuring us, don't be scared. Don't be don't feel like uncomfortable around here. So I don't know if that was just something that they said because we were in those tourist areas and they would, you know, they practiced that shit in the mirror. <laughs> or they would like they coached themselves to to kind of disarm motherfuckers, I guess, if, if people were feeling uncomfortable. But it was across the board. Like, everywhere we went, you know, whether it was in a restaurant, in a cab, just motherfuckers on the street, they were just like, yo, you know, all that shit y'all might have heard, don't be, you know, don't be anxious, don't be tight up. I don't know if we, I don't know if we must have looked, looked like we were suspect or some shit, but everybody, hands down, was like always like, yo, all that shit, is all between the governments, not between the people. Like, me and you are friends. Me and you are brothers. Me and you are whatever the hell, right? So, that shit was cool. Because it was, it was, in case if you were one of them people that's nervous, then it disarmed you on that shit. You hear me? And that was, that was cool to see. And it was also kind of telling because, like I said, it was something that I always felt was the, the presentation of Cuba was always is always negative. The imagery is always negative. You know what I'm saying? So that was crazy to see, man. I mean, well, that was crazy to hear from them like constantly and consistently. Now, I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that all of us were melanin infused or not. You know what I'm saying? I don't know because I think based on what I was seeing on the interaction between everybody, that if you a little bit more melanin infused, you probably will have a different experience. You know what I'm saying? But I am not 100% sure about that because I did see so much interaction and mixing. But, you know, we we were on the corner one time and, uh, you know, a group of non-melanated tourists came up and saw us standing on the corner speaking English, right? So they were like, oh, y'all speak English? Like, thank God, basically. <laughs> oh, because in Cuba, they don't give a fuck about your English. That was another thing I loved about Cuba because a lot of other countries will kind of like cater to the people speaking English, right? Because they want the money or the tourism or whatever. Cuba ain't give a fuck. Like the Cubans, they were like, hey, nah, we don't speak no English out this son bitch. We speak Spanish, motherfucker. That's the national language, I guess. But because you know what? Fun fact, America, the United States does not have an official national language. That was a sidebar. But so in Cuba, they were like, nah, yeah, we speak Spanish over here, motherfucker. So you need to speak Spanish. <laughs> so I like I like that shit. Stand your ground, motherfucker. Stand your ground. I feel you. That's how I would do if I ran my country, too. Whatever I speak, y'all speak. Ain't no accommodation, little bit. Right? Anyway, so these tourists come up, and they're like, oh, my God, you speak English? They're asking us all these questions. man. we like, man, shit, we don't know. We don't know shit. We tourists, too. <laughs> And then they were like, oh, is this where the hop-on, hop-off bus picks up? 
And so that, and we, I was like, nah, we, we didn't catch the Hawthorne Hawthorne bus. We actually walked. We caught a cab from somewhere and dropped off up the street. And then we walked down here like, you know, maybe a half a mile or whatever it was. You know, and we were just hanging out. You know, we were just hanging out in the streets. We were talking to some more Cubans. They were, you know, they were trying to sell us cigars. We bought, me and my man bought some cigars off somebody on the street. Uh, and then these other people, this other, these other Cubans came up and were like, oh, yeah, y'all need to go to this little street party down the street. Like, walk up here about 10 minutes. And it's a little party, a little art party, outdoor drum lines and blah, blah, blah. That's what they just told us out the blue because they saw, I guess, that they noticed that we were Americans or whatever. They need, they wanted us to get us to the spot. They were like, nah, don't hang out down here on the strip with all the regular shit. Go back here in the cut with the with the joint. You know what I'm saying? So, But those hop on, hop off tourists, they ain't tell them that. <laughs> so we ended up going to that little the little party in the cut, and it was cool. We missed the we missed the music because it was only a limited time. But the people were still there, the gathering was still there, the art space was still there. It was real cool, you know. So like I said, it might have been some kind of thing like that with certain people, depending on how comfortable you boy you are interacting with people too. You know what I'm saying? Because we kind of cool interact. You know, we interact with people. You know what I'm saying? So I think depending on your comfort level in a new environment with people that might not look like you, might not speak the same language, all that kind of shit, that's going to play a part. So like I said about South Africa on episode two, I think that was, or whatever, how I say every time, go travel, get your own experiences, man, because all the stuff I knew about Cuba, that I heard about Cuba, I didn't experience over there. You understand me? So... You know, and don't be a hop on, hop off bus joint, either. Don't be scared. And maybe they weren't scared. They just they, they just need to know where the fuck the uh, the bus was, but it wasn't there. <laughs> that, that bus, I saw the bus actually. It was like three blocks down after we walked down there. But that job was funny, man. It it was cool. It was a good trip, and you know, and and like I said on this episode, I'm gonna actually go through my sex, travel, sports, food stuff. But it's going to be all about Cuba, man. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I found out that, uh, one, the, you know, I talked about the cars before. And uh, I was asking before I left, I asked y'all two weeks ago at this point, hey, what the hell is the deal with them cars? Why is the picture of Cuba always an old classic American car? Like, that's weird to me because it didn't make any sense to me. I had no point of reference. And actually, before I left, uh, the homie Tracy put and some other people actually on, on Facebook and Instagram hit me up with the with the info, which is that the reason that you always see those old cars there is because of the trade embargoes, basically, and all the all the shutdown after they did the re, after Cuba had their revolution, re, not resolution, <laughs> after the Cuban Revolution. They had so many trade embargoes and all that stuff. They weren't importing any vehicles. So that's why they still just got those old joints. And they just put new parts on them, soup them up, whatever, whatever, keep them running. So that I guess that was a good, that's good information about the history. And down there, dead ass, all the cars are like old ass pink, orange, green, purple, light blue, whatever. Like all of them. It's crazy. It's it's cool to see it, but that diesel dog, 
shit. I mean, hey, if you do any kind of drugs and you go down there and you can't take your drugs with you, just ride a few cabs. <laughs> because you will be inhaling the diesel from the engine that you sit right on top of and that's something big because they had some joints we got a couple cats i was like oh shit not like our regular because they got regular cabs that's yellow with the black you know like the regular old school uh new york looking cabbies right like the old yellow and black joint but then you got the gypsy type cabs you know where, where people just you know using their cars hey them jumps <laughs> we was in a couple jumps that cut off we was riding, motherfucker made a left turn. That y'all said, whoop, 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 whoop. I said, what the fuck is whoop, 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 whoop? I said, nah, we need vroom, vroom. Not no whoop, 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 whoop. Nah, child. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck we, hey, hey, you need a jump? Somebody, something got high. We got to get the fuck out of here. Give it. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, that y'all, it was fun, man. It was real fun. Um, and I'm going back. I got to go back. You should go back. Everybody should go. Shout out to my girl, Poi, for giving me some travel tips. Even though I didn't read the whole itinerary that would have helped me. But she did give us some travel tips. So y'all go to uh, Poi Travels uh, on Instagram and see what trips she got coming up. Her and the Haitian Nomad do some great trips, man. Um, So, yeah, like I said, don't. Don't go against your, what you call it? Don't go against your, not instincts. I don't even know what the hell the word is. Don't go against your desire to go visit Cuba if you still can before the Cheeto shut it down. Before the Cheeto and Chief shuts this shit down, get your ass over there. It's about the same cost of going to Miami. Better experience. You know what I'm saying? And down there in, uh, in Cuba, you know, as far as as far as sex and stuff goes, man, everybody was like, "Look, make sure you know it's gonna be you know, everybody, you know, for whatever reason, anytime you go anywhere and you talk to dudes, they always talking about how this other place got all the hoes, all of them." <laughs> no, one of my boys is famous for that. He go anywhere. He talking about man. Hey, Chick-fil-A got them bitches, dog. You <laughs> be like, dog, like, what you, hey, yeah, focus. It, it ain't no bit. hey, c- calm down, dog. Chick-fil-A, though. Anyway, nobody where this man go, he always, <laughs> he always talk, hey, nah, yeah, Wegmans got bitches, nigga. Wegmans got bitches. <laughs> no, he don't, everybody fuck where he go, nigga. Hey, hey, Salt Lake City got bitches, nigga. Got the bitches. Okay, dog, shit. We get it. They got the bitches. We get it. But yeah, anyway, anytime you go somewhere and, uh, and like especially foreign countries, South American countries, Asian countries, all your boys always talking about, man, the motherfucking joints over there. You know they be. It's like you get them for like five dollars. <laughs> you have you can have hoes for five dollars for the whole week. <laughs> you be like for real, dog. Five dollars for the whole week. Okay, I guess. I guess that's what you, if that's what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? But the crazy thing is, we went on our little tour. The tour guide in Havana was like, oh, yeah, prostitution is illegal with the uh, with the quote fingers in the air. <laughs> he was like, prostitution is illegal in Cuba. <laughs> and then he'd like laugh for about a good 
25 seconds about that shit. So I guess he, I don't know if he was selling the hose on the side and he just felt that that was the most ridiculous thing he could have said at the time or what. But <laughs> I guess they got the, I guess they got the hose in Cuba somewhere. Ain't no strip clubs in Cuba. That was one fun fact that somebody told me. Actually, one of the guys that was on the trip, he told me, he was like, man, Brad, you know they ain't got no strip clubs in Cuba. I said, oh, man, damn. I mean, but the whole time, I'm not really a strip club fan. But, you know, sometimes, you know, people like to go and do that stuff in other places or wherever they are. But I'm not a big strip club fan because it's, like, literally a waste of your money. And I, I'll talk about that probably one day, but. No, I'm not. I'm not the strip club. I'm not the strip club bandit because that John don't do nothing for my life. Because if I pay you, which is what you're paying, if I pay you, I need something, and, and that's for anything. If I pay, I need a good or a service. <laughs> this is an exchange. This is, yeah, that's what it's for. That's what money is for. I give you this and you give me that. I don't give you this and you look in the mirror and shake your ass. So I don't give you this and you give somebody else a lap dance. The fuck. Nah, dog. I can't do that. That's too much. Nah, I work too hard for my money. But look, man, um, down there, it was crazy because, right, you know, we were going around and we had to eventually we had to go exchange some money, and everybody didn't exchange all their money at the airport, so we had to go find a bank. So we went to find a bank. Our cab driver dropped us off at the bank, and we were walking around, and I see this chick. She knows she walking up. And um, while she was walking up, she looked, you know, she looked kind of sexy or whatever. She was a good-looking chick before she opened her mouth, but that's a whole other thing. But her body was lit. Body was tight, right? So she walking and switching, got a little tight shit on. And she's like, ooh, America, America, que rico, fuerte, fuerte, papi fuerte. I was like, what? So I'm like, oh, shit, yo, she, is, she a motherfucking toot. She out here selling the pussy. I was like, oh, man. And my man told me that there wasn't no prostitution out here. She was on it. She was, she followed me all the way around the whole side of the bank because we went in the wrong door the first time. And then we had to go keep walking. She kept walking with us right behind me. Fuerte, fuerte, America, papi. I was like, girl, if you don't sit your ass down, because I don't got no more kooks. You understand what I'm saying? Coops is what their dollars, the Canadian dollars. I'm not Canadian, goddamn. The Cuban dollars, C-U-Cs. So I was like, man, I ain't got enough coops to be out here tricking. You better get the fuck out of here. You understand me? But I, I was excited because even if she was lying, I felt like all the tricep extensions and bench presses I've been doing at the gym has been working. Because she was like, Fret. she just kept saying, fret that, fret that, fret that. I was like, oh, yeah, go. Go, 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 Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> but yeah, man, that job was crazy. And and the, the crazy shit about it is that, you know, motherfuckers always talking about getting all the hoes when you go out of town and go, especially in Cuba, the DR, Brazil, all that shit. Bangkok, Japan, some parts of Japan, whatever, right? You always hear that shit. And I don't know how motherfuckers do that shit, man. I really don't. I'm actually scared of prostitutes, dog. For real. I mean, like, it sounds good in theory, right? You see a badass joint, and you can just give her money, and y'all fuck, no strings attached, right? Pay to play. Hey, look, it's, it's exchange, right? You ain't got to worry about no feelings. You ain't got to worry about no drama. 
You get to basically pick the joint you want. You know, you get exactly what you what you need. You ain't got to wine and dine. All, all that shit sounds good in theory as far as the exchange for sex. But whole time, if you're a germaphobe like me, that joint is not enticing, man. In, in, real, in, in real life. You know what I'm saying? Like, in practice, that shit ain't going to work for real because you got to use condoms with people that you already trust and shit, that you know. You could be dating a John for like three, six months, a year, and y'all fucking, y'all still using condoms. You know what I'm saying? This Joan, you ain't you don't know her from a hole in the wall. You understand me? So that means you got to use like two or three condoms, goddamn, in my head. And then you can't eat, you can't eat the pussy. Shit. I mean, how does that work? I I don't know, man. I could I in practice I can't do it. And the crazy and I and, and condom sex is, is the most irritating sex in the whole wide world. You know what I'm saying? Because it's basically like fucking a whole ball or closet full of kickballs or nerf balls or some shit like that. Cause it's not real, it's not really real sex. In real life, you know what I'm saying? Because even with the smell, it smells like somebody just did a burnout in y'all room. Oh, you smell is rubber tires. Good year. You be like, God damn, man, this smell is terrible. Mm, I just rather not. <laughs> like, uh, I guess. I guess because you gotta, you gotta like, you gotta think about what the pussy probably feel like. In order to keep it going. And for me, that's how I do it anyway. I was like, oh, I guess it probably is good. I guess shit. It looked it look good. She cute. I guess pussy should be all right. But I can't feel it. So I'm going to just go with that. Or go with some past pussy that I knew about. <laughs> and that's pretty much how condom sex goes. Y'all like my description of condom sex? <laughs> a bag. I'm telling you, it's a bag full of kickballs. That's what that shit is. That rubber. Oh. It's annoying as fuck. You understand me? But you got to use them. That's the problem. You got to use them and always have them. You know what I'm saying? Got You know, the dude, most, a lot of dudes keep them on them at some point, even in your wallet, in the car, whatever. Y'all ladies, make sure y'all keep them too. Keep them next to your little bed stand and your little monogram MK clutch or whatever it is that you use. You understand me? Make sure y'all always got them so you don't be caught out there in a in, in, in a game time decision and you ain't got the condoms on you. You understand? So get that together, man. But shit, wasn't nobody really getting none on my trip as far as I know anyway. You know, except for the couple. I hope the, the couple that was on our trip, I hope they was getting it in because their room was lit. Their room at the Airbnb, that joint was lit. All our rooms were nice, but that joint was lit. It was separate, in a little separate house from the rest of the house, over top of the little outdoor courtyard thing. You know, it was real romantical or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? So if y'all listening, y'all hope y'all got it in. Y'all better have gotten it in. You know what I'm saying? For everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, man, our, uh, our Airbnb was like 15, 20 minutes outside the city. Outside of downtown, I guess. And um, we was like in the regular-ass neighborhood, man. It wasn't, it was just kind of like set up like a lot of other Airbnb spots where 
in vacation spots where, you know, the Airbnb is right next to the trap or in the trap. You know what I'm saying? I just wasn't super trapped out, but our next door neighbor's house ain't look shit like our house. Okay? That joint went from shit. That joint went from a luxury house to a straight up boarded, boarded up house in about 25 yards worth of walking. And shit, we were shopping at the at the gas station. We was grocery shopping at the gas station. Put it that way. That's what kind of neighborhood we was in. You getting your groceries, liquor, uh, hamburgers, hamburger meat, actually, whatever from the, from the gas station, the end. And you know that. So that's not a high end area. <laughs> you hear me? That's some. That's some. You and you in the in the hood. Okay. But the house was nice, man. The, the host was nice. Um, and it was good. We had a little bit of language barrier problem. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, they don't give a fuck about English like that. They like, look, we don't know. And then my ass was, I spoke a little, almost the most Spanish out the group. And you know that's terrible. Because my Spanglish is real limited right now. I used to speak more Spanish when I lived in Boston and had more Dominican friends. Or I was hanging out with more Dominicans at that point in my life anyway. Um, so I was always learning some new Spanglish at the time. But now I'm out of practice. I ain't been up in Boston in goddamn 15 years. So so I'm out of practice. So I was just like, man, I don't know what the fuck going on. And down there, they speak fast. And you know, I'm like, Master Spacio. Fuck. Master Spacio. That's all. <laughs> I probably said Master Spacio about a thousand times during this trip. You understand me? That young was crazy. It was, it was cool, man. It was a good experience. Um, and I was surprised that our house was so nice. You know what I'm saying? Because I was going with my sister, and she travels by faith and not by plan or schedule or anything like that. She's a Pisces. It was for her birthday while we went out there, and she just kind of floats around like a little Pisces fish in the water, just wherever the current takes her. That's kind of where she ends up, okay? Um, Bravo to Miss Gina for getting that house and getting all that stuff scheduled, you know what I'm saying? Because she's a self-proclaimed earthy chick, and she just basically doesn't acknowledge time constraints or monetary constraints. She's like, oh, yeah, like, shit will just happen and work out and do whatever, like, it's supposed to do, and everything will be great and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, is it going to be? I guess. <laughs> I, I, and I'm a schedule. I got a whole big, I got Google calendars for everything. I got lists written out, checklists, you know, bullet points, all kinds of shit. My shit be serious. <laughs> whole time, I didn't even read. I didn't, I did a bad job at this time because I didn't read none of the itinerary or the possible itinerary. It was pretty bad because my ADD kicked in and people, and I get distracted. And people are always asking me about, yo, are you excited? Are you pumped? You hyped? You ready for your trip? Oh, blah, blah. I'm always like, nah, man. I got too much shit to do. You know, I got a full-time job. Got a full-time family. You know, that's crazy. My whole family crazy. My, my mother driving me crazy. Everybody driving me crazy. You know what I'm talking about? So, before I go on a trip, it's a lot of prep. There's a lot of prep at work, at my nine to five job. There's a lot of prep for my real estate clients. If I'm going out of town, I got if I have active real estate clients, I got to let them know, hey, look, I'm be gone for X amount of days. Try to get that shit squared away while I'm gone. 
give them instructions on like, listen, don't go to no open houses and all this shit or new build sites and all this without me because they're going to try to jack me for my commission. You know, I got to do all this prep before I go. So it's not the time prior to going on a trip is never like comfortable for me. So I think going forward, I'm going to start taking a day before my trip off too, just to chill or just to get my life in order. And I had no pressure. So I'm going to use a whole nother PTO day to make sure I keep my sanity because that's the most important thing. You hear me? Because you know when you get back from a trip, your coworkers ain't do a damn thing. Right? You're, whoever was supposed to be backing you up, they don't never do shit. You get back, uh, your whole whatever the fuck you left is still there plus whatever new shit. And your coworkers be like, oh, I didn't get a chance to get to it. <laughs> Motherfucker, you ain't try to get to it. Oh, bluffing ass, man. Shit is terrible. And then the travel just be stressing me out a little bit, man. Like, I hate early morning flights, but, you know, those are always the cheaper ones. And especially when you're going overseas, if you're not going direct, you got connections and all that. So it's always like you got to get up early as hell, 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock flights. So you got to be up at, like, 4 o'clock in the goddamn morning driving to the airport and all that. Man, it's just too much. I don't be excited about that part of it. I get excited once I get there. Once I'm there, I'm excited. But, but the, the prep, the prep to get there, then you get in, oh, then you get to the airport and the TSA line. The TSA pre-check line at this point is longer than the regular security line, right? Because now everybody got TSA pre-check. And if you don't know what that is, good. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> I don't need no more of y'all motherfuckers in a TSA pre-line. No more. No mas. Okay? And the crazy shit is I always thought that the people who stand in the lines, like that work at the airport, that tell you, oh, this is the TSA pre, this is the regular, this is uh, clear, this is global entry, whatever, right? I always thought those people were like real useless because I'm like, man, it's obvious all these signs and all this shit. But clearly, motherfuckers do not read. Because all y'all cousins in there with their Louis carry-on bags, y'all know who I'm talking about. All y'all's cousins was all up in the wrongest lines of all time because they ain't had TSA pre. I think they probably with them joints. They'll be on Instagram talking about for booking. And somebody done booked them and sent them a ticket. And now this bro don't know what line to get in. <laughs> holding up the whole line. You hear me? Get her out of there, man. Shit. Then you get through the damn TSA line and uh, you get through TSA, you go to the gate, and now who on the damn mic at the gate? It's always the motherfucker that don't speak fluent English. It's, it's never like a happy, well-delivered I'm not going to say happy. It's never a well-delivered message that they send over the PA system at your gate, right? It's always some shit, and you be like, what in the ESL class did that motherfucker just say? Sheesh. I don't know what the fuck that was. You know, you know, the gate done switched to a whole nother area. You in a whole nother terminal now, and you ain't even know because you ain't understand what the hell they saying on that damn speaker. That joint is irritating as hell. Then you get on the damn plane. After you figure out what gate you at, you know, they, you get on the plane. They got these small ass seats. Now, I'm a bigger, a larger person at this point, I guess. 
you know, 6'1", 315. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that the season... I already know I'm not going to get accommodated in these situations. You understand me? But the seats are small as hell on plane at this point, even for y'all regular-sized people. You know what I'm saying? So I basically sit on my side when I sit in airplane seats, like dead ass. I be sitting on my hip. I think that's why I got a hip pointer problem right now because I'm too wide for them seats. My shoulder's too wide. My hip's too wide. And I don't got, like, lady hips. I got just, like, regular grown-ass man hips. You understand? I'm just, I'm basically just not shaped like an Asian schoolgirl. <laughs> I think that's who they make, that's who they use as the, as the models for those to figure out who going to be sitting in these, how to design the size of those seats. They go like, well, if an Asian schoolgirl can fit in, we're good to go. So we'll put three or four seats in a row right here. And we'll crush everybody in the world in these seats with three inches of leg room. That's all you need. Right? Hell no, nah, man. So that's stressful for me personally. Then, so I, you know, at this point in my life, I'm going to need to start making more money or just go on less trips where I can spare more money on my flight because I'm going to have to just get first class seats. Because now I'm old and I don't recover as well from all that sitting on my side and all that struggle and stress of flying for hours in those in those uh in those compromising positions. You see what I'm saying? So something gonna have to happen, man. Um yeah. Then once you get on the damn plane, get comfortable, you get your movie started or your music or whatever the hell you're doing with your life, and here come the goddamn pilot. You hear me? Here comes the pilot that wants to narrate the whole damn flight. Boy, we don't care about what's going on, man. We just want to get to the damn place on time because we got shit to do. We got beaches to lay on. We got margaritas to sip. And apparently, for all the dudes that go get these prostitutes, we got bitches to fuck. Okay? So, we don't care. Just get us there, man. We don't care about... We're, 30,000 feet or 50, we don't care. First of all, every time they say something, however high they always say it is, it's always too high for me. I be wanting them to kind of be right. I just want y'all to take off and kind of fly right up. Just a little bit higher than the damn light pole is what all I would need. So in case we do crash, we could probably survive. 30,000 feet just seems excessive. <laughs> For me, personally. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about No matter what they say, it's too damn high. It makes me nervous. My anxiety can't take it. Look. Oh, yeah, we're climbing to 40,000. Why? Why are you so high? Why? Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, why we got to be so damn high? Just get, or maybe just get right above the cloud layer. Or just stay below the cloud. I don't know. Something got to happen. Because then when they go through the cloud, they be loving to hang out in the motherfucking clouds. You ever notice that? Because everybody know the clouds is where all the turbulence start popping off, right? But you know, sometimes them motherfuckers just be chilling in that cloud layer for like a little bit too long. You be like, dog, you ain't going to just pull the stick back? Ain't going to do that? No? No, fuck it? Okay. Shit. You stressing me out. Now I'm going to spill my apple juice. Can't even eat my damn biscotti cookies, which is the best thing in the whole wide world ever created. You ever been on Delta? I don't know if they serve them on all planes or all airlines, but Delta... Serve these biscotti cookies, and them jumps are from the Lord. 
You know what I'm saying? I don't go to church, but I, I believe that white Jesus bakes those cookies hand, by hand at Delta's uh, distribution center. <laughs> I'll try to tell you, them jokes is Krizak. Got that critting ass. Real. But yeah, uh, we don't care about none of that shit, dog. And they be oversharing. They over. You never been on a tarmac? And you be, you be like, man, we running late. Why the fuck we ain't take off yet? And here come the, the pilot. Oh, well, we just have a mechanical issue that's getting worked out. And, you know, we should have the computer system back online. And this new plane, I've never flown this new plane. And we got to get acclimated with the new instructions. And Hey, dog, don't tell me all that shit. Gas up the plane, back it up, and get the fuck out of here. All I want to know about the gas and is about did my bags make it on. That's all we care about. Y'all got enough gas and did my bags make it on. If anybody that don't tell me, I'm going to be nervous now. Talking about mechanical issue. Well, shit, this y'all got a mechanical issue. Put us on the other plane. Don't fix it right here because, baby, you ain't fix it right. Put me on a whole nother non-mechanical airplane, goddamn. You hear me? The fuck? <laughs> Sheesh. But yeah, man. They, oh, then, you, then they get up in the air and they tell you some crazy shit like, oh, you know, we came out, the, we, gave, we know we were last in line for the for the runway, so we you know we run a little behind. We had a mechanical issue running a little behind, but we'll make up the time in the air. What? How do you do that? How the fuck you make up the time in the air? And if you can't, it's like a shortcut. Ain't no, it's like, hey, you going to cut through the alley? <laughs> And if you can make up the time in the air, why you just don't go that way the whole goddamn time? Right? So now y'all, so somebody bluffing. You either ain't making up no time in the air, you just lying, or you need to fly. You They should, they lying on the real arrival time. Somebody, if we still don't get there on time, then y'all either fucked up the time or y'all, y'all just running some kind of scam. You know what I'm saying? Because if you can make it up, y'all can just do that route every time or that speed or whatever it is that you're making up. Just do that all the time and give me that quicker or give me a better, a more realistic expectation of what this flight's about to be about. Okay? That's what I want in my life going forward. So, man, I be stressed out, man. Traveling is crazy. Then you get, then you land and when you land, they be like, oh, we about to deplane. The fuck is deplane? Right? I never, I hate that term. That's one of my pet peeves, actually. Pet peeve number, we'll call that pet peeve number 210. Uh, deplaning, the term deplaning. Because when the fuck did we plane? Nobody says, welcome to Delta. Not Delta. <laughs> welcome to Delta. It's time to plane. No, they go, it's time to board, right? We're boarding now. Your boarding starts at this time. You, you're boarding the plane. They don't say you're playing in the plane. So when the fuck are we deplaning if we ain't never playing? That's what I want to know. Somebody give me an answer on that. You hear me? And then the people get up in the aisle. Soon as the plane touches the ground, motherfuckers jump up in the middle of the aisle, standing there, the ass all in your face. And you like, dog, where y'all going? The door ain't even open yet. Like, you literally can't go nowhere. Literally, you can't go anywhere. And you can't run the whole plane over. You know, you in the middle of the back. 
you trying to make it to the front before everybody getting the aisle, but it's other motherfuckers like you that's going to block you or they just standing up. You understand me? So it's the that's the dumbest thing in the world when people get up and stand in the middle of the plane, do all that shit. You know, and, and one of my flight attendant friends told me that there was some kind of study that uh that said that people do that because they feel helpless when they're out. I'm sorry, when they're in the plane, they feel helpless because all the control that they've had in their life or just in general has been taken from them while they're in this plane with this pilot in the air with nowhere to go, enclosed, claustrophobic, whatever. All their power has been taken away from them, and that is just driving them crazy the whole flight. And so those are the people that immediately jump up and stand in the middle of the aisle to do nothing and look crazy. And I think that drive, that's I think it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. But anyway, who am I, man? I just be happy. So then once I get out, once we deplane, <laughs> and I get my bags, you know, hopefully I get my bags if they made on a damn plane. So I get my bag, and then on this trip, actually, TSA opened up my bag. You know, I got a little lock on my joint that they got the special key for the TSA. Them motherfuckers pop my bag open, but for what? Ain't nothing in there but drawers and flip flops, and uh, and my good shirt when we gonna go out to dinner. You know what I'm saying? That's the old school term, the good shirt. Make sure you put on your good shirt. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, what? What the fuck they gonna do my bag for? Ain't nothing in my damn bag. So I got some clippers in there in case my comb over grow in while I'm out on on vacation. Cause soon as my comb over start growing in, cause I gotta cut that shit off. I don't want nobody to see me like that. My whole ceiling is my ceiling ain't missing in the middle. It's just like a it's a moon roof. Okay? So I got the coverage there. It's like a light coverage there. But you can still see through. <laughs> And I won with it. I just got to control it at this point. You understand me? If you, oh, if you watching this on YouTube, I got my hat on. I don't think you can see it on here, but yeah. It, it, whatever. It is what it is. I ain't the only one. We be balling out here. Male pattern baldness. It's just a thing. You got to deal with it. Can't stop it. And I'm not buying Rogaine or none of that stuff to combat it. Too much, whatever. Fuck it. I buy the Clippers, cut my own shit. At least it saved me money when I accepted that. I mean, it saved me money once I found out I didn't even know. Side note, my barber didn't even tell me I had the fate. I had the uh, the moonroof. So when I found out about it by accident, I went to her and was like, look, yo, why you ain't tell me uh, I ain't had no hair right here? Like, what you been doing? I didn't even notice it because I always kept my hair at a one at a, on the clipper guard. If y'all know what that is. So it's real, real, real low. So because I was always getting it cut every week, it would really not even look that bad until it started growing back. And that's what happened. She was gone on vacation. It grew back. And I was like, oh, shit. My head got a whole thinning situation going on. But anyway, she's talking about, and she coached the region. So she's like, oh, and, oh, my name at the barbershop was Gustavo. That's my Spanish name. <laughs> because I would call the barbershop. I tried to tell them motherfuckers my real name, Cornelius. Oh, hell no. They call me all the Cornelios. Corn, all the Cornelio. No, no. Cornelio. I'd be like, man, hey, look, fuck it. Gustavo. Okay. So, anyway, start calling me Gustavo. So, she called me Gusty. 
Like, she's like, Goose D, I blend it for you. I blend it. I'm like, God damn, Valerie. How you been? You should have told me at least. No wonder I wasn't getting no, no chicks at the bar all these years. Because my whole ceiling missing. <laughs> and I ain't even know. <laughs> but anyway, man, um, damn, I, don't, I don't went on a tangent. On a, I, y'all excuse me for my tangent sometimes, but I, that, that was fun. That was part of whatever the hell I was talking about just now. But, yeah, man, I get... I get excited once I get to the destination. Once I clear customs, get my bags, and we get to the resort, the Airbnb, or wherever the fuck we stand, where we doing, that's when I get excited. And even though uh, this episode is about Cuba, and I'm not really familiar with Cuban sports, for real, I ain't gonna be able to touch on that on this episode, except for the Cuban baseball players that we know. Who are all black, by the way. They all black, motherfucker. They don't nobody like Al Pacino that played baseball in MLB. <laughs> That's from Cuba. You understand what I'm saying? But I don't really know too much about Cuban sports. And but this is the Cuba special. And the sport I will talk about related to this Cuba trip is the fact that going on vacation or like going to the airport, standing in customs lines, getting your bags, planning all the logistics and all that shit. Should be an Olympic sport. I think they should have a, a sport in the summer and winter Olympics on packing your bag, avoiding goddamn baggage fees. If you can, if you can pack a bag quick in a certain amount of time, keep it under fifty pounds, or you know, packing a bag for carry on only for five days or some shit like that. That should be some kind of Olympic sport because that shit takes a lot of talent, endurance. Traveling to airports, going on transfers for your to your hotel or wherever you stay, your accommodations, all that shit. Stand on long ass customs lines. Oh my lord! Some some of the places got the longest customs process in the world. Or even coming back into the states, if you don't got global entry and all that shit, fuck your life. You be standing on lines forever. So I think that should be an Olympic sport, for real. Travel, travel, endurance. <laughs> or some shit like that because that shit, sheesh, you be going through, man. Get then you get to the through the, through the customs and all that shit. In certain countries, ain't nobody it's just lined up before you get out to the cabs and all that. It's just a whole bunch of scammers and timeshare motherfuckers trying to make me feel bad that I'm not married. You ever go through that shit, fellas? You walk through the motherfucking airport, they be like, "Oh, where is your wife? Where is your wife, bitch? Where your wife?" Get the fuck out of my face. I don't need a wife to go on vacation. Why y'all in my business? Maybe I'm divorced. Maybe I'm a widow. Maybe you just fucking triggered my shit. You know what I'm talking about? You all in my business. Where your wife? Motherfucker, where your wife? Get out of here. Ask me about this so y'all can try to sell me a time shit. I'm going to go though. Because <laughs> it'd be free. Get some free food. Go check out the new hotel. But I'm terrible at timeshare shit. I always sign up for that shit. Then I cancel it. Because you know what? All timeshares, fun fact, all timeshares, you got like a, at least a five-day rescission period. Okay? And the rescission period is basically you can take that shit back. You can cancel it within five days with no penalty and get your money back. Okay? Rescission period is a, is a, a, rescission period is a term that's in a lot of contracts including real estate, government contracts, and them timeshare contracts. A little side note for y'all, man. You always learn something more here with 
cousin cornbread on sex travel sports food. So that's a little thing. But look, yeah, man, you get through the zone. You got to go throughout, uh, go through all the motherfuckers. Then you get to the resort, and life is good, right? That's how my shit usually go. Get to the resort, get to the Airbnb, can chill, can unpack, and life is good. And I'm one of the motherfuckers I actually unpack. I actually take all my shit out of the bag. I hang up my shit. I put my drawers in the drawer, whatever. Or if I have my packing cubes, I'll leave my shit in the packing cube if I packed it right. If I pack it and put it in the packing cube right, I'll leave it in there like that. And I can just open up the packing cube, but it's still going to be in the drawer, though. That's how you got to live your life like that. You got to live organized. You hear me? <laughs> but, yeah, man, that joke, uh, you know, that should be an Olympic sport. Traveling, your, your travel endurance is very key, and everybody don't have it. Everybody's not good at it. You know, I admire motherfuckers that can travel on a regular basis and keep that shit going. I don't know how y'all do that shit. That shit wears me out. Traveling wears me out. And recently, I have started taking a day off after I get back. If I don't get back early, which is most likely never, early in the day, I take the next day off because it's just too much. Too, I need to sleep. I need to a day off from being off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, man, and then one thing, you know, that when we got there, we were, we were starving, we were looking for food. I said we were shopping at the at the uh, gas station a lot of times, but uh, initially we were, trying, we were looking for a place to eat, and the, the Airbnb host told us, you know, about some restaurant. We couldn't find that shit. It was around the corner somewhere. We could not find We walked past it about three or four times because it's not on the street. Like, the entrance is not on the street. It's on the side. But, man, we went in that motherfucker, and we finally found it. Woo! It was the best. It was some of the best. We we went there, I think, three times while we were there. It was some of the best food we, we had, man. Any of us ever had in life. <laughs> it was good. It was real good. I don't, I didn't really have, and, and, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because I don't think that some people, I heard from some people that the food choices and food options were bad, which I always thought was weird because I was like, well, all the Cuban I've ever had, all the Cuban food I've ever had in the States have always been good. You know, whether you in Miami at Little Havana or wherever, wherever they have a Cuban restaurant, the food is always good. So I'm like, how the, who the fuck talking about the Cuban, the food was bad down there. So we went to this spot. I think it was called Boricuas. Now, I don't think it said Boricuas on the sign. Okay. So I think the locals just called it that. Because I don't think that they said that on the sign. But if you ever go to Cuba and you in Havana or whatever, if you ever hear that spot go, Bordequas, it was right, it was like four, three, four blocks from our Airbnb. That joint was lit. Good food, very inexpensive prices. We was eating good over there. And I don't even eat fish and all that shit. Best, some of the best fish I ever had. And they had these late, they had a late night menu shot. Had these sandwiches on it for like three dollars, two dollars, two three dollars. man, whatever bread they use for their sandwiches in Cuba, we need that bread in the United States of America. You hear me? That the bread made those sandwiches. We had my man had a steak and cheese from that joint, and it was like literally the best steak and cheese you ever had in your whole life, or a cheese steak for y'all motherfuckers from Philly or whatever. But he had that junk. Man, bang it. 
Every all every, all the food we had while we were there was good, and it was all inexpensive. I mean, we were eating steak and lobster, three course meals, everybody under thirty dollars with wine. We 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 eating good meals, three course meals with beverages, with wine, with sodas, with drinks, rum and cook, whatever you drinking, pina colada, whatever, under thirty dollars every time we ate. Crazy. Ain't nothing. The food is banging. Everything was good. I didn't get no street food except for the ice cream spot called Copella's, which I guess is a big tourist spot for everybody. You go to go to Copella's. But other than that, we ain't eat no street food. Nah, we was eating eating regular restaurants all the time. You hear me? And and didn't have one bad meal, not one, not one single one. And I had pictures up too at some point. If you follow me on uh, Instagram or um, or Facebook, you'll see the pictures. My I'll put a library up soon of all my pictures because you know cornography be lit. Look at that hashtag up cornography, one word. Look up that cornography, shawty. My pictures are lit. I'm a, I'm a professional iPhone photographer. You know what I'm saying? My composition is lit. And I know how to use all the features on the camera. <laughs> I'll change the shutter speed up on your ass. I'll change the uh, exposure up on your ass. <laughs> but, yeah, man, um, like I said, man, don't – whatever y'all thought about Cuba, whether it was related to crime – food, how the people are going to receive you, all the type of shit. In any kind of negative light, that shit wasn't true in our experience. Across the board, it was seven of us. All of us felt the same way. You know what I'm saying? I might have somebody, I might have the crew come back, come on one time, or maybe I'll interview them offline and give y'all some feedback or get them to call in and, and leave a message about how great they, they how much they love Cuba and play that back for y'all, man. But yeah, it was a good time. And uh, another, oh, while I'm thinking about it, another uh, restaurant y'all need to go to is Vista Mar. So I met a dude in the, uh, in the line coming back from Cuba who shoots documentaries down there. And he even knew about this spot called Vista Mar, which is one of the restaurants down there. Go to that shit. That joint had the best food, and it's looking over the uh, looking over the ocean. Big ass waves crashing up over top of the pool. It's, it's like in front, it's, it's, the setting is crazy. We went at night, so you really couldn't see all the way out. But man, that joint was lit. The food was lit. The atmosphere was lit. Everything was lit, and you would never known it because guess where it was? That joint was right in the trap. <laughs> But don't be scared because it, it was no reason to be scared. You know what I'm saying? It might not look like what you're used to, but don't be a little punk. Just go, pull up, and eat that good-ass food because everybody was in there. Once you get it, see, it's like one of those spots. It's like from the outside, it don't look like shit, right? But once you get in there, it's lit. Aside, hey, look, and for some of y'all who only will support some shit, if y'all see the white people in there supporting it first, to validate it, trust me, that Mr. that Vista Mar joint, it was all full of Caucasian. All the European tourists was up in that joint, living their best uh, delicacy life. You hear me? So make sure y'all go over that joint, man, dead ass. And I'm not just talking to my 
non-Caucasian listeners. I know that's how Caucasians validate their shit, too. <laughs> so all my white homies, all my Caucasian homies, hey, it's been validated by y'all. So get up in that joint, man, for real. So make sure y'all do it, man. Get, get your travel on. As I always say, get you a passport. If you don't have one, get you a passport, dog. Right now. Run. Go apply for it right now. Go get a passport. Start traveling. Get your own unique experiences at these places, man. It's just like those people that want when you had them friends and somebody don't like them for some reason and then they expect you not to like them. And you be like, man, I don't really got no problem with Tyrone. Like, that he cool with me. Like, maybe you, maybe you the problem. I'm not going to not like him because you don't like him. Same shit with travel. Don't let somebody else's reviews sway your decision to go or not go or whatever. Unless it's a real live, like, war or some shit going on. Do check. Hey, look. I will say this. Do check the State Department website about whether or not some shit is safe to travel to or not. Because that shit might save your little life. <laughs> That's a travel tip from Cousin Cornbread. But... Other than that, as far as, like, the interaction with the people and all that shit and the food and whatever, hey, just go experience it for yourself, man, and, and live your best life. It's 2018. The Cheeto in Chief is going to get us all either killed or something. something. Ain't nothing good coming out of this. So you better get it done now while we still can. <laughs> Before North Korea lob a bomb over here. Something. What they call him? Uh, the Rocket Man. Rocket Man sends some shit to you. <laughs> But yeah, man, I'm going to wrap this up. I've been been going for almost an hour at this point. I appreciate y'all listening. Like I said, I will be on vacation this week, this upcoming week. So y'all won't get one on Sunday as usual. Um, but I'll be back. I might, I'm going to Cancun. I think I might do a Cancun review. I've been to Cancun so many times, man. We'll see. We'll see. But I'll probably just go with a standard show next on episode five, man. But I appreciate y'all listening once again to this joint. If you got any more questions, hit me up, man. If you got any suggestions, hit me up. As always, I'm Cousin Cornbread on everything. If I got social media, if I got an account on it, I'm Cousin Cornbread on it. Okay? So y'all hit me up, man. Hope y'all have a good week. Hey, don't let work stress you out, man. That's another thing. Don't let work stress you out at all. If you're stressed out, take a break, take a walk, do something, because they will have your position posted for a backfield by the time your funeral is arranged, okay? So don't kill yourself trying to make money for other people or with all this shit, you hear me? Enjoy your life, stay up, and learn to say no, man. That's it. Tell everybody no. Self-care, mental health is most important, man. But anyway, I'm out of here, man. Follow me on Instagram at Cousin Cornbread. Snapchat at Cousin Cornbread. On Facebook at Cousin Cornbread. Even though I'm capped out on my friends, y'all can still follow me on there, man. Most of my stuff is public, so you can interact with me on there. I talk a lot of shit on there. Go follow me on there. Holler at me. And follow the Facebook group as well, Sex, Travel, Sports, Food, on Facebook. We got the group on there, the, uh, the little page on there. Go like all that shit and share it with your friends. I really appreciate it, man. I'll be back. 
next week with episode five. Till then, y'all keep listening to this junk. Listen to the old ones if you haven't heard that. If you haven't heard the first ones. And again, appreciate you. Log out. <laughs>